What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's me, Mark Thompson, back for a special NFL Draft edition of the AVO Podcast. I will be talking about some results, but most importantly, my Philadelphia Eagles. So stay tuned because you're listening to the AVO Podcast. As always, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by GuruHouseSound.com. If you're looking for fresh, new, exciting talent in the Philadelphia area and you're looking to update your playlist, subscribe to GuruHouseSound.com. It's only $3.99 a month. Get yourself a copy of a physical magazine, something that you can actually hold in your hand, flip the pages, embrace the art. Go to GuruHouseSound.com to subscribe for your magazine today. So, I don't know about you guys, but this weekend was pretty cool. I mean, it, it gave us some form of normalcy. We were able to watch a unprecedented NFL draft. It was very unique. We've never seen anything like this. But we were able to all connect and, and watch that together. You know, for, for certain teams, you might have had moments of joy and excitement. And for certain teams, you might have had a couple of questions like, what the heck is going on? But... This is one of the main reasons I love sports because at the end of the day, sports is an escape and it's a unifier. And that's exactly what the NFL draft was able to do this weekend. So it, it was a good feeling to finally see something refreshing and up to date. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do love watching the old highlights of games, but we already know the outcome. This, we didn't necessarily know the outcome. So it was great to watch. So let's get into it. With the first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals selected Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU. With the second pick of the 2020 NFL Draft, the Washington Redskins selected Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. We all knew that. We knew that those two were a lock to get drafted to those teams. I mean, we could have saw more excitement from Joe Burrow, but... We knew he didn't really want to be there. I mean, who wants to go to a losing franchise? But one thing I did like and I thought it was pretty funny is that they kept calling him the Tiger King because he went from the LSU Tigers and now he's over to the Cincinnati Bengals. So it could be a, a nice little nickname that, that runs with him for a little bit. And Ohio State, man, they're an NFL factory. So I'm not shocked that the Washington Redskins went in that direction and picking Chase Young, who's overall the best player in the draft. But everybody knows how it is when you need quarterbacks. But that that those two weren't a shock at all. One thing that was a shock for me, and because it's such a, a wide receiver rich draft, is that no wide receivers were taken until number 11. So I feel like before number 11, a lot of teams were actually getting the players that they actually need. It was no no luxury picks, no, nothing extra. They got guys that they needed who felt would make an impact right away for their respective organizations. So with that being said, the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft was Henry Ruggs out of Alabama. He actually went to Oakland at number 11. Um... I was actually a little bit shocked because coming into the draft, a lot of mock drafts, which are complete waste of time. It's all like luck and it's just it's just like all predictions. So it's like I don't know why people are so high on mock drafts. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to check out the eye test. I mean, if you see that this player is dynamic and he can work well for your system, then by all means, like who cares where he really is going to go. But C.D. Lamb was, you know, arguably the best wide receiver coming out of this draft, yet... 
Henry Ruggs did end up going first, and we all know why. He's a burner down the field. He's an excellent route runner. He's able to get that great separation. He's able to get over top of the coverage and go ahead and, and, and score. He's a very electric, electrifying player, and that's fans, Eagles fans were very, very high on Henry Ruggs because they feel this is something that we need. We definitely need speed. We need someone who's going to be able to go ahead and, and stretch the field for Carson Wentz. So Eagles fans were definitely hoping up that we went and got him, but we didn't, but there's more to come. Jerry Judy, also out of Alabama, he was the second receiver taken. He went to Denver at number 15, which wasn't a shock because, you know, once Henry Ruggs started going, then you knew, like, for sure that wide receivers were definitely going to start falling and, and, you know, being chosen. Then, okay, so this is the crazy one, right? So Jerry Judy goes. So in my mind, I'm thinking, like, oh, man, Henry Ruggs is gone. Jerry Judy's gone. The Eagles, we definitely about to make this move. We're, we're, we're moving up to get C.D. Lamb. So we didn't move up, right? So number 17, it's Dallas's pick. So I'm sitting there like, nah, Dallas, they're about to do it. They, they really about to be some assholes right now. And they did it. Jerry Jones went ahead and selected C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma with the number 17th pick. I was absolutely shocked. Because at the end of the day, we all knew that Dallas needed a cornerback. So it was a luxury pick. They already got Amari Cooper. They are like they already have a good receiving core. They have plenty of weapons for Dak Prescott. But I was thinking a little bit on the pettiness side. I was thinking that it was a revenge pick from last year when we picked up Dallas Goddard when they needed a tight end after Jason Witten had announced his retirement and we had went in there and, and snooked out took Dallas Goddard. So I thought that was just nothing but one hundred percent revenge and you know what? The worst part about it is, like, we should we should have went up and got him. We we should have went up and got him. But now he's in Dallas. It is what it is. I'm over it. I was able to move on very quickly once I realized that Dallas picked up C.D. Lamb because I never felt the Eagles were going to move up in my heart of hearts. I thought they were going to stay where they were, stay firm, because the wide receiver draft was so deep that they would still end up getting the player that they need. So I'm like, look. It's here. I predicted this weeks ago, last month, whatever. Justin Jefferson. I love Justin Jefferson. Played outstanding at LSU. Couldn't wait. So, number 21st pick. I'm sitting there. I'm hype. I'm cheesing ear to ear. I'm like, let's go. And then I'm also like extra hype because I predicted this. So, I felt good. Next thing you know, the Eagles draft Jalen Rager out of TCU with the 21st pick. And I immediately yelled at the TV. I'm not going to say what I really said, but for the most part, I'm like, who? Like, who is this? It, I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was just, I was frustrated because I thought for sure we were going to get Justin Jefferson. I mean, he was right there. So he had an amazing season coming off a, a, a national championship. We saw it. Like, we knew what we were getting with Justin Jefferson, but we went with Jalen Rager. So, at, and, then, and then, like, which makes it even worse, right, that we didn't get Justin Jefferson. I'm mad because I felt like we could have moved up to get CeeDee Lamb, but, we, but he went to Dallas. So it's just like, wait. What? Then then what makes it even more worse? Um Minnesota takes Justin Jefferson at number twenty two right after us. So now now I'm really pissed off. Cause it's like, alright, Justin Jefferson was there. We didn't move up to get CeeDee Lamb. Who knows what the asking price was from Atlanta to go and get him. 
but it is what it is. So we didn't get him. And then the worst part about it is, so now we have to deal with CeeDee Lamb, who's in our division, and we also have to deal with Justin Jefferson, who plays for the Minnesota Vikings. We, I feel like we play Minnesota every year. So at some point, both of those players are going to hurt us bad, really hurt us bad. And it's frustrating to watch. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. We got Jalen Rager. We got to see what he's going to do. And this is another thing that really had me frustrated because I was thinking, who are some of the top receivers in the NFL, right? So I'm just doing my research, naming guys. Michael Thomas from the Saints. Keenan Allen from the Chargers. DeAndre Hopkins. Played for the Texas, but he just got traded to the Cardinals, who we didn't go after. Anyway, Cooper Cup had a great season last year. Julio Jones. Always very consistent. And then I'll even throw in Tyler Boyd because he had an excellent season last year for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, as I mentioned those names, I want to ask you guys, what do all these wide receivers have in common? I'll give you a moment to think. All right, I'm back. The thing that these wide receivers all have in common, they're all above six feet. They're all big target receivers and they're possession wide receivers. So I don't understand if you're able to get one of those guys, why don't you go ahead and get it? Like, I know people were so caught in the moment of Tyreek Hill and his speed, but how often are those speed guys really like a top 10 wide receiver? They can only do a few things for you. So I understand the pick of Jalen Rager, but I also, like, because of especially what we're trying to do with our offense, I understand it, but it's also confusing when you have the blueprint on what it takes to possibly be a great receiver in the NFL. But you know what? Some could argue that and say, well, last year we took Ortega Whiteside, who has the build of a Michael Thomas or a Keenan Allen, and, and look how that turned out. So, of course, you always got your ones who play devil's advocate. But, I mean, look, shooter shoots. You got to shoot, man. Them Jones going to drop at some point. So, we're talking about longevity. We don't want a guy who's just going to be one-dimensional. Before I move on, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Guru House Magazine. Do you feel like your playlist is getting a little stale? Do you love local new music but don't have the time to find it yourself? Then dive headfirst into Guru House Magazine to stay up to date with the new talent in your area. Check out our playlist section and recommendations from our Guru House playlist. Flip to our video breakdown section to read our music videos that are keeping the art form alive. All this wonderful content in the physical magazine. Subscribe to Guru House Magazine for only $3.99. You heard it, $3.99 a month. I don't think they heard you. It's $3.99 a month. Go to GuruHouseSound.com slash magazine and hit that subscribe button. ASAP, what are you waiting for? So, I'm not going to lie. After the Eagles picked Jalen Rager, I turned off the draft. I was completely done. I had nothing else to do with it for the rest of the evening. I want to say I was so angry, I might have went to bed. I, I was just over it. I was disappointed. I was shocked. So, I went to sleep on it. Then I woke up, and I was like, alright, it is what it is. So I decided to do some research on Jalen Rager. You know, see what I find on the kid, you know. Check out some highlights, see see if he's going to be a good fit. And you know what, to be honest, I, I found some good things about the kid. At the end of the day, Eagles fans, we don't 
we don't dislike Jalen Rager. We just dislike the pick. And we just dislike how Howie has been going about things for the past couple of years. And we were always concerned about his drafting. And, you know, you could have went up and got CeeDee Lamb. And then then you could have drafted Justin Jefferson. So we got no hard feelings against Jalen Rager whatsoever. So, like I said, did some research on him. So in the combine, he ran a 4.47, which, I mean, isn't crazy fast, but I did hear an interview where he said that he had gained 10 pounds around that time, so he was a little bit slower. But watching him on film, his like, oh man, his his game speed is really dynamic. I mean, it definitely is up there with the Tyreek Hill, so I can see for sure why they did go after him. He also has a 42-inch vert. He's about he's a 5'11 guy, so he can go up there and get it, especially with that 42-inch vert. Um, another interesting thing is his father, Monte Rager, is a defensive lineman. He played eight years in the NFL. He played for the Eagles back in 2007. I mean, he was he was a backup, but hey, he still played for the Birds. Now, the reason I like that is because his father played here for a season, so he understands how the fans are. He understands how the organization works, so that information can be passed on to his son, so that way he's mentally ready to be here in Philadelphia because we are one of the tough towns. And a lot of fans outside of Philadelphia, they kind of get us confused. They say we're hard, we're this, we're that. No, we just have expectations for our teams and our players. And if you don't meet those expectations and things that we see from you, then you're going to hear it. So give your all. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't want no half-assed players out here. If we think you're good, you're good. And if we don't think you're good, We'll let you know, plain and simple. Going back to Jalen Rager, oh, he's 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 going to be a good fit. I think he's going to be a really good fit for us. It all depends on how we use him, and if we use him the way I think we're going to, we'll be pretty good. He's a utility player. He can do it all. Now, his final season at TCU, his his numbers weren't crazy because of quarterback play. His quarterback wasn't that great. He had a young quarterback, wasn't really getting in the ball crazy. And, you know, might have been a little bit of lack of focus due to knowing that his quarterback wasn't that great. But he has outstanding explosive speed. I mean, he's a very versatile player. He can run routes, but we can, we can use him well. We can use him in the screen game special teams we can use him in gadget plays I mean you name it this guy he, he's really electrifying if you get a chance to watch him um he, he can get to his top speed in no time he, he can go up and get it I mean he, he's a playmaker especially with the ball in his hands he can break some tackles he, he's a he's a really good player and I think he's going to be a good fit for us so like I said I'm, I'm over it Justin, it's over. It's done. We're not getting Justin Jefferson. We're not getting CeeDee Lamb. We got Jalen Rager. So we're going to rock out with the kid and see how it goes. I think he's going to be Philly ready. I was reading on NFL.com, you know, some of his weaknesses as well. So apparently Jalen, he sometimes he struggled getting off the line when he's pressed. That could be a problem, especially if, you know, the defense is is rushing for uh, Carson and Jalen can't get off the line. That that could possibly force Carson to run or make a bad throw. So we're going to need Jalen to get off the line in no time. Um, Another issue I saw is that he does have a tendency to drop some balls. Now, listen, we ain't trying to deal with this again. All right, we're not trying to deal with this again. We dealt with this with Nelson Aguilar. That's why he's no longer with our team. And to be honest, I remember doing a podcast years ago when I was doing my research, and Nelson Aguilar was the same utility-type player, but coming out of USC, 
It's just, unfortunately, it just never panned out. And and let's be honest here about Nelson, y'all. When he actually caught the ball, he was pretty good. But, keyword, caught the ball. Going back to Jalen Raker, um, he said uh, he lacked focus sometimes and didn't finish his routes. Now, going like I said, might have been because of his QB, didn't have any confidence in his QB, but this is what I'm going to need. And it, and it puzzles me about these Philadelphia organizations. We need players in our organizations who are mentally strong. Like, I don't understand why we don't get players that match our city. For example, Nelson Aguilar didn't work. He wasn't mentally there. He, he couldn't handle it. Uh, Markel Fultz couldn't mentally handle it. I don't know much about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they, but I don't know. I don't think they can mentally handle it either. So it always puzzles me why the the GMs don't go for players like who who match Philadelphia, their toughness, their thought process, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the end of the day, we'll see what happens with Jalen Rager. I'm still excited. Hopefully, he can bring something to us. And it's just a lot of people are upset. Because of the unknown. Like, you know what you're getting from Justin Jefferson. You know what you're getting from CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, etc., etc. But when you see Howie take somebody from TCU and you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) So, we'll see what happens. Okay, so the second round is here. And you're thinking, all right, look, there's still a lot of guys left on the board. You know, we could possibly move up, grab a grab a T. Higgins, you know, another wide receiver, maybe get that linebacker we've been looking for. You know, just getting those weapons around Carson so we can make a big run and solidify ourselves as one of the best organizations in the NFL and possibly get another Super Bowl. So, boom, second round comes. I ain't watching the second round because I'm upset at the moment. I, I'm still upset from yesterday, the the day before when we picked Jalen Rager. Even though I was over it, but I'm like, I, I don't have no time for it. Hopefully, they make the right decisions going forward after the fan backlash of when how we picked Jalen Rager. So, next thing you know, I start getting Texas saying hurts. And I'm like, what? Like, hurt? Like, not, not Jalen. Another Jalen? The Eagles went ahead in the second round and drafted Jalen Hurts, quarterback, out of Oklahoma. I could not believe it. I was shocked. I I was floored. And then my phone starts blowing up. People are calling me like, what, the Eagles going to pick every Jalen in the draft at this point? This doesn't make sense. Like, just upset or, you know, asking why are we getting a quarterback? Like, Wentz just came off a great season. We're supposed to get weapons around him, but yet another quarterback. And that does raise a lot of questions. It does raise a lot of questions, uh, a lot of uncertainty. It's like, okay, so does the organization not have faith in Carson? Are they already drafting his replacement? I mean, there's so many questions that are asked at this moment, especially when you see Carson Wentz. Will the team with a bunch of guys off the streets get us to the playoffs? We might have won that game against Seattle if Carson Wentz didn't get a concussion. But... See that? See where? See where I just took y'all? Now, look, I'm not justifying the pick whatsoever, but at the end of the day, I like Jalen Hurts. He's a great player. He was outstanding at Oklahoma. He started at Alabama at first, but then he ended up losing his job to Tua in the second half of the 2017 National Championship game. Then in 2019, he transferred to Oklahoma. He was named the Heisman finalist. He finished second behind Joe Burrow and. Listen, he lit up the stat sheet. He threw for 3,851 passing yards, 
32 touchdowns through the air, 8 interceptions in 14 games. Dude was balling out for sure. Also, this is the number that was crazy. I had to check three different sources to make sure this was correct because I'm not a big college football watcher or college basketball watcher. Y'all know how I feel. I, I don't really support that until they start paying them kids. But anyway, had to do my research. This man, Jalen Hurts, he also ran for 1,298 rushing yards while rushing for 20 touchdowns. So wait a minute, you mean to tell me that this dude in one season had a total of 52 touchdowns as a quarterback? Yo, like, that is crazy. Like, are you are you kidding me? I Like, I didn't know, like, I knew he was balling, but I didn't know he was balling like that. Like, sheesh. It's crazy because he literally carried Oklahoma on his back that entire season. That doesn't make any sense. But another interesting thing that I noticed about this draft, right? So, I feel like the experts, they might have missed out on one. And the reason I say they might have missed out on one, and when I say one, I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. I feel like they overlooked him. Now, why would they overlook him? But it's like, of course, it's the old stuff. Like, you know, black quarterbacks, blah, 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 blah. But did you not forget what happened this season when the black quarterbacks took over? Are you serious? Pat Mahomes. What? Russell Wilson. What? Lamar Jackson what stop playing (laughs) like come on Watson was out there hooping like so many African-American quarterbacks were out there doing their thing this year and you can kind of see where the NFL is starting to move towards so with that being said I said I questioned the experts because I feel like so many other teams needed a quarterback and could have took Jalen Hurts it's unfortunate that he fell to the Eagles because this dude is ready to play now. It just sucks that he's going to have to play on our team. And I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I just don't necessarily like him for our team. And he's going to be holding the clipboard playing behind Carson Wentz. Now, there are some pros and cons as well. The pros is that, all right, look, we got a, we got a ready quarterback. Now, people are already saying, well, why we pick up another quarterback, Carson came up for a great year, we just signed Nate Sudfeld, blah, 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 blah. Do y'all remember in the playoffs we had Josh McCown, 40-year-old, who could barely move, who coached his high school football team every Friday? Are you serious? Like, if we had any type of quarterback whatsoever, we might have still beat Seattle and got Carson Wentz back in the playoffs. But it didn't happen. So, with that being said, like I said earlier, there's a reason why we picked up Jalen. And I hate to say it, I'm going to be real. Carson doesn't finish out seasons. He's always hurt. All right? Now, I can't necessarily say he's injury prone, but the dude does get hurt a lot. But if you you think of, like, his big injuries that he has gotten, it's because he was going the extra mile. Like, he didn't necessarily need to do these. Like, for example, when he first tore his ACL, he didn't need to make that play. When he got the concussion and Jadavian Clowney hit him, he didn't need to make that play. So it it comes down to Carson's decision-making at the end of the day. So did the Eagles make the right choice of getting Jalen Hurts second? Some could argue. I don't hate the pick anymore because I know Carson doesn't finish games. I'm just being real. Like, Carson gets injured. Jalen Hurts can come in there, do his thing. Now... there's no shock. I mean, everyone saw what happened with Lamar Jackson and how he broke out, and it is what it is. And you see how the Ravens are catering to his needs instead of trying to turn him into something that he's not. And I think maybe the NFL might finally start going into that direction. I mean, 
while Jalen Smith played, I mean, I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts, while he played, he was 38 and four as a starter. So dude definitely knows how to win. He's he's a very he's a vocal guy in the locker room. He's a leader. He's adorable. That's a key word. He's adorable. He's athletic, and of course, he can run the R- RPL. And his weaknesses, the typical things you say about black quarterbacks, which should just be flushed down the toilet because it is what it is. If you build around them instead of trying to turn them into something they're not, you might get success like uh, you see in Kansas City and in Baltimore and in Seattle. Like Those are all quality teams and organizations. So we'll see what happens, but I, I don't hate the pick. I don't hate the pick. Um, it is what it is, and plus, apparently, we we save lots of money by drafting a second rounder versus going out there paying for a backup where you'll spend up to five mil a year. You know, a lot of people saying, "Why didn't we go after Joe Flacco?" This, that, and the third. Honestly, this is what you're going to have to do if you're trying to to build a team but not necessarily miss a beat. So, say we have Carson Wentz and Joe Flacco is our backup. Yes, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Blah 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 blah. But they don't have the same skill set. So hypothetically, Carson Wentz goes down. We throw Jalen Hurts in there. Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts have a similar skill set. So we're not going to miss too much. That's what Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson and RG3. So I think the Eagles are taking a lot of notes from Kansas City and Baltimore because they're starting to switch up a little bit. When I say that, I'm talking about as far as like the speed that Kansas City has. We're starting to match their speed. And just being smart as far as picking a backup quarterback who can do the same things that your starter can do in the event your starter goes down. Moving on to the third round, the Eagles addressed some needs. They picked up a linebacker. Very happy about that. And then they also acquired wide receiver Marquise Goodwin from the San Francisco 49ers for picks, which they were able to flip those picks and and do some things. They were also able to pick up a safety, Kayvon Wallace, out of Clemson in the fourth round. They picked up a, a tackle in the fourth round as well out of Auburn. Fifth round, they picked up John John Hightower, wide receiver from Boise State. Now, see, John High, John Hightower is another speed guy. He's a utility guy. He can do a lot of the similar things that Jalen Rager can do. He ran a 4-4, 4-4-3, actually, in the 40s, about 6-1. He played very well at Boise State. Uh, in the sixth round, they picked up another linebacker, Sean Bradley out of Temple. I think he's going to be able to help a lot because I did see some highlights of him before the actual draft and everything because he's a local kid, so he ain't have to travel far, but welcome to the team, baby. Um, they also picked up another offensive lineman, which is good. Then in the seventh round, they picked up Casey Tuhill, defensive end Stanford. Things uh, I saw about him is that he plays in the 3-4 and the 4-3. So, depending on how you're lined up out there, that dude, he can play defensive end or linebacker. So, I'd say for the most part, if you look at the draft as a whole, and you finally relax and you calm down, the Eagles actually addressed a lot of their needs, okay? They did end up signing Darius Slay, a cornerback. So, we're getting better in the secondary, we moved Jalen Mills over to safety. We drafted a safety, picked up two linebackers. We got about three or four speedy receivers. We got an adorable backup quarterback who can play in the event Carson Wentz goes down. And we saved a lot of money. So, I mean, at the end of the day, were they the picks that we wanted? 
No. Did we get some weapons around Carson? Yes. Are they the weapons we wanted? Not necessarily, but we're going to see when the season starts. Did we get Carson a reliable backup quarterback? We don't have to worry about 40-year-old Josh McCown or Nate Sudfeld. Like, we don't have to worry when Carson goes down. I want people to think about that. Like, I want to, I want people to think about the Philadelphia Eagles as a whole and not indiv- individual players. So, it, it's kind of crazy I'm about to say this, but I'm going to give Howie some credit because I feel like this offseason he actually addressed a lot of our needs and we still have a lot of money to spend so you never really know what else is going to happen going forward but I'm fine now I'm relaxed I don't need I don't need to jump off a bridge or anything I'm very calm if anyone needs me to help them calm down and see things the way that I'm seeing it right now like Chingy said I'm only one phone call away I got you before I get up out of here, I wanted to talk about The Last Dance. That's the docu-series following the Chicago Bulls, their final year as they're chasing that sixth championship ring. And it's been pretty good. I like it. Some of my takeaways are is Jerry Krause is a snake. Uh, Dennis Rodman is definitely like my new idol now because Mans is a rock star. If there's a camera around, best believe Michael Jordan is going to snitch. Scottie Pippen underpaid, and I'm trying to understand. I mean, I know they're going to show it pretty soon, but I'm trying to understand how Phil Jackson went from one dynasty in the Chicago Bulls and jumped to another dynasty in the Los Angeles Lakers. So it's been a great thing to watch. It's exciting. I love NBA Twitter when that show is on because the memes are wild, like the memes of Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, especially Michael Jordan because people be going nuts with Michael Jordan and, and Jerry Krause and then this past episode with Dennis Rodman, like you finding out like Dennis Rodman had shorties back in the day making people really wonder like who was really the goat between Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman so it's been a great series and I'm going to continue to watch it on Sundays I know it's already leaked people have seen all the episodes like relax we don't have nothing else to do during quarantine so just be patient that's what you can do so as always I wanted to thank you for listening to a special edition of the AVO podcast. It's your boy Mark Thompson. I will be back soon. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Mark S. Thompson. And I don't ever be on IG like that. I don't even post anything about sports. But anyway, I'm out. Peace.